we rolling? We are now rolling. Yes. Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. <laughs> me, 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 me. Okay, anytime. Hello, and welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. I am Scott Westby. And I'm Matt Waterworth. We are Full Swing Productions, and every week we bring you news, tips, and interviews in the film, video, and digital media industries of Alberta. And if you're a reader of the magazine called Beetroot, mm-hmm. you would have seen an article about this very podcast in this most recent issue. How was that article, Matt? It's uh, it's great, and we're so appreciative and thankful that uh, that Beetroot would would showcase a podcast. That's crazy, but awesome. And uh, I sound like a bit of a dummy in it. And I sound naturally <laughs> charming and hilarious, which. Uh, I'm a fan of this article, really. <laughs> I bet you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it puts me on a bit of a pedestal, which I, I is a place I like to be. I just want to qualify that I say at the end, I'd love to have William Shatner on the show. I would love to have William Shatner on the show. I'm not a particularly huge fan of William Shatner. That comes uh, from the fact uh, that you were tweeting with him right. about coming on. I did invite him, uh, and he said no, but that's fine. You got to earn your nose, man. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah, big thanks to the guys at Beetroot for, uh, for writing that. Um, Something awesome happened this previous weekend uh, up in Banff at the Banff Center. Mm-hmm. And that was Ampia's event called Story Summit. And it was so fun. It was amazing. I mean, firstly, I'd never been to the Banff Center before. It was such an amazing place to, I mean, they have so many great programs and so many different artistic disciplines happening there. And um, I always thought it was just one building. I thought yeah, it was the no, theater up it's the like top. A, it's, it's like a campus. It's, it's it, like a it compound. Yeah, it's feels amazing. Like a like a college or something. Um, and obviously there's accommodations and like a pool and, and all that stuff. But there's like these little huts that are like for audio engineers and recording. And there's like a little music like a, a piano and in, in what they're, they're all these like it's like a peppering of art all over this mountain it's very cool art mountain and there were deer everywhere there were deer and like, elk you could almost elk. touch these deer that were yeah. so so docile it was yeah, pretty cool it was pretty cool and the summit itself it was the yeah. first annual story summit and uh, I, re- I do hope and i expect that they will do it again next year um and it was it was about emerging technologies and it was about disruptive distribution methods and um it was the first conference that I've been to where everybody seemed excited about it rather than terrified, um, which was fascinating. So there's a huge VR component, several mm-hmm. different VR panels, yeah. um, and a lot about transmedia and multi, multi-platform productions, uh, and just mind-blowing stuff. It was inspiring. We left there with, with ideas churning, and uh, I, I mean, some really cool, like one of the most surprisingly awesome panels was the camera operator panel right and insane crazy to have the 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 operator from uh, sons of anarchy and spielberg's operator and uh the hunger Hunger games Games. Yeah, yeah amazing all three of these guys were like legends and uh and it was like, okay, well, that's cool, but they're, okay, what are they going to talk about when it comes to storytelling? And it turns out a lot. That was an amazing, amazing talk. And the camera operator is such an important storyteller. Certainly. And I think it, I mean, we sometimes need to be reminded that really everyone on set is a storyteller mm-hmm, in their mm-hmm. own right. And and um, a camera operator who can probably easily be overlooked as, as someone who just kind of pushes the button. Mm-hmm. How, like, really, they're the guys that are actually making the movie. Totally. Like, they're yeah. the ones holding the camera. And, Especially and when it's handheld. Like, it's totally. like, that's so, so part of the story. It's very important. So, trusting them. But, I mean, it comes down to every every role on set. Just trusting them to be storytellers and, and understand the vision and uh, pull it off together. It reminds us how collaborative this uh, this industry is. So, huge, yeah. huge thanks to, to Ampia. To Ampia and that. all the organizers and sponsors. Yeah. It was a really fun event. Can't wait to go again. Yeah, and uh, if you missed it, um, do not miss it next year because it is definitely a must attend, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we also want to... 
I guess send not a, not an apology, but something akin to it. Um, because we're from Calgary, uh, we often find ourselves interviewing a lot of Calgary filmmakers. Yeah. Um, strictly because they can come over to Matt's place <laughs> and sit at his table and record with us. Right. Um, but we haven't been getting as many people from outside of Calgary as we would like. And right. we know we are the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. Uh, and nobody's complained, but I think it's because everyone's a bit too polite to be like... Yeah. <laughs> guys what the fuck like this isn't the calgary filmmakers podcast or maybe it has become yeah. that but we do we do genuinely want to get people from edmonton and from outside of edmonton and, and calgary we don't have, we haven't had a red deer filmmaker on yet um there's lots of people to talk to and we're and we i think you know we're going to do our best to get to everybody but obviously getting tito on last week was yeah. great um and we want to do more of that so bear with us yeah, um, and if you're going to be in Calgary and you're yeah. and you're not from Calgary and you're a filmmaker, let us know that you're going to be in town, and we'll we'll definitely try to make it work to uh, to have a sit down with you. Absolutely. Um, so let's get into the news. Yeah, uh, the Canadian Screen Awards are coming up on Sunday, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm going to make any predictions, <laughs> um, but there's lots of people from Alberta nominated. Great representation. Yeah, it, um, it is nice. For sure. Yeah. So check it out. Uh, academy.ca slash Canadian Screen Awards uh, f- to find out who from Alberta is nominated. And uh, definitely check it out on Sunday on CBC. Mm-hmm. And CTV News has uh, an interesting article about uh, some of the um, goings on in the industry right now when it comes to uh why we were a little bit slower than we would have expected at a time like this when the dollar is the way it is. Um, and, you know, it's it's a kind of a, a unbiased, equal-sided look at, you know, uh, kind of a, a challenge that's happening in our industry right now when it comes to IATSE and the CMPA. Um, they are a little bit at odds right now. Um, and it's a great read. Um, and obviously a bit of a, a hot-button issue. Um, so it's not something that we want to get too deeply into but definitely worth a read and uh you know worth getting involved in the discussion if you feel that's something you'd like to do certainly yeah and, and kind of educating yourself on on what's going on and, and where these conflicts are happening right mm-hmm. now and uh if you feel like you want to take a side or at least have a discussion with someone from the IATSE or the cmpa uh feel free to do so because the more people that are involved and, and weighing in is probably uh, going to annoy both sides equally so <laughs> right. uh, let's be sure to do that mm-hmm. um Got a newsletter from Media this week that uh, they are changing their membership structure, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of sounds scary at first, but really is not. Um, so historically, Media has been uh, sometimes paying programmers and and, and artists, um, which is a conflict of interest with the CRA if those members are also voting members of uh, this not-for-profit organization. So what they're doing is they're splitting up their, their membership tiers into um, a f- member, which costs you $5.00 and is something that uh, you cannot get paid to work with M Media. And the other membership is the Affiliate Artist Membership, um, which is something that you apply for and you cannot vote at their AGM, but uh, but you can be paid to to work with them and for them. So membership is, is only five bucks, but uh, if you do want to be a voting member in the organization, uh, definitely sign up for that. So yeah, a bit of a, a structure shift, but it doesn't really mean anything bad. Uh, it's just something to be aware of. Yeah. So who's on this week? We've got uh, Guillaume Carlier, who uh, was a really interesting conversation. Uh, definitely um, a, a direction uh, that we haven't gone too deeply in before. He's he's a really he's a very intentional filmmaker. So he comes at every scene and every shot with a lot of uh, purpose. You know, he's got a real um, 
thought process behind every every little choice he makes which is cool um and he comes from uh you know the same kind of school uh, of thought that kyle was coming from when uh, when we were talking with kyle thomas um and and you know he's he's a little less concerned about the, the crew and 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 the budget and things like that and more concerned about making a really really beautiful engaging um project and he's influenced by a ton of uh, really cool french filmmakers and yeah. and uh felt more academic than than for technical sure. Yeah. for sure yeah 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 so yeah interesting conversation with him excited to share it with you and here he is um so you've got a video essay coming out yes i gotta re- i gotta redo my voiceover yeah was and it- what's what's the content what's the nature of the essay i was curious to talk about um religion in film okay and cool. I guess you would call it religiosity, you know, the depictions of prayer, depictions of faith, depictions of, and it's just, it's a really cinematic tool. And we, Certainly, yeah. And we use it a lot, you know, we've seen it, like it just, I don't know, I kind of feel like people use religion for a shorthand to kind of like explain like, oh yeah, well this character is like very moral. You know? Right. Or like, oh yeah, this guy's got like a nice like moral, like uh, old fashioned mama, you know, he's, he's got to please, right? So it's just kind of a, a tell, maybe a, yeah, shorthand. I guess is probably the best way to put that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a device, I guess, yeah. right? But not. I I kind of find that it's a device that's not always well used. Right. It's a tends to fall on the stereotype side of things. Sure. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I was raised Catholic, uh, and then I had my like lapse of Catholicism that a lot of sure. people experience, <laughs> and that sort of like, wait a minute, <laughs> moment. Yeah. And. <laughs> And, and where have you have you gone back to it now or are you no still, no 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 uh, but but it's kind of like i don't know the way i see it is like you can't unscramble an egg right you know like i've been scrambled sure i'm catholic i'm, I'm culturally catholic right I don't know. is that is that mm-hmm. i think term? you could say that yeah yeah or I, I think i think being raised in a religion has an effect on on your moral compass and and how you see the world regardless of whether you lose it or not yeah because i mean it's just part of your upbringing right it's like i got rid of the religion but i still have the guilt right oh you know? fair enough awesome that's great <laughs> the best part <laughs> the best part of it this oh, got man. deep way too fast what's your favorite movie oh yeah <laughs> no way <laughs> um so anyways great. yes it's yeah. about religion and film right and i went through but it's like i tried to i tried to make sure that it was balanced you know it's it's so we've got like some depictions of uh like religious intense scenes uh like in fellini films cool and but then you know there's like evil dead too right you know <laughs> yeah. yeah um the exorcist was definitely the big one though that's right. a good one yeah yeah, yeah. for sure have yeah. you recently rewatched it i haven't seen it since i was like 14 no man it's like it's a stone cold masterpiece is it yeah it's yeah. still good hey it, like the cinematography is so incredible the pacing the atmosphere uh the acting on top of it all wow. right um but more than that i think the core of the exorcist is really amazing because if you watch it again, you know, like when I watched it, I think I was in grade four. And again, like Catholic upbringing, it was so terrifying. Mm, right. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. Um, but now when I watch it, I'm kind of more terrified by like the medical experiments that they perform on this girl. Oh, interesting. And the way that people are like so confused by what she has, you know. Mm, cool. Yeah. I'll have to go check it out again. Um, I'm sure I saw like a gutted TV version when I was younger. My, oh, my parents would not let me watch <laughs> scary things. I don't know if anybody told you, but you can watch it now. You can watch it now, man. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you don't have to ask. <laughs> and the director's cuts out too. Right, right, right. Um, so Guillaume, mm-hmm. who are you? Yeah. So uh, my name is Guillaume Carlier. Um, you want like the... 
What's let's portrait of the artist or do yeah, you, I, well, I, I like the journey. I like to hear how you know, how, how okay. did film come to be something that was interested you and how did you pursue it? Yeah. Um, well, I was one of those kids that kind of knew what they wanted to do right away. Yeah. Cool. Like at what age? Like five kind of thing. Pretty close. Welcome. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right on. Yeah. How? Like, um, how it wasn't like directing. It was more like movies. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. Movies. For sure. You know? Like, did you have like a video camera as a kid or? No, but I had a video store on my way to school. Ah, okay. Okay. And the guys who worked at the video store, this is, this is in Monkland street right. in Montreal. Okay. And the guys who worked at the video store knew me and they knew me because I came up with my parents' love, but I would also like come in on my own. Right. And be like, Hey, like you got any like Friday the 13th? <laughs> right. Right. You know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't rent it to me. I remember I tried renting Pulp Fiction when I was 10 and like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> sorry kid. But they did rent me Beetlejuice, mm. you know? And um, Ghostbusters. All right, now nice. we're talking. And I remember, like, for a week straight, just watching Beetlejuice every day, you know? Wow. And just, and like, kind of breaking it apart. Like, I'm surprised yeah, yeah. at myself, actually, because, like, Beetlejuice is a, it's a complex film, but it's also really simple. Right. Right. And I remember noticing that, like, the idea of bringing in Beetlejuice like that was really, uh, to me, it was just like, that's a great device. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can do anything with Beetlejuice. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah How many uh, times have I said his name now? Like, <laughs> He's over in the next room, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> just waiting. It's what I love about Abed on Community. Is, yes, is, he's one of those. He He's a device to, to yeah. do all kinds of crazy, well, the, the claymation episode. Oh, yeah, that's right, actually. Well, so then, you know, Flash forward to university, and when I read what a what a jester is, or right, like what the yeah. clown figure sure. is, Shakespeare, yeah. right. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, well, it's an archetype, yeah, 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 for yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. So the archetypes were built in pretty pretty early on, right? Yeah. I, I think it's it's cool that you were you were picking apart those stories in that in that way so young, and I think that it was certainly not something that I did until high school. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, wait a minute, sure. movies yeah. are not just th- something you sit down and watch for two hours. Like this is interesting yeah. And, yeah. and there's so much that goes into it. I didn't realize how much goes into a movie. Absolutely. I felt like I learned way more from films than I did from school. Yeah. Like I was one of those kids that like squeaked by, you know? Oh, okay. But, but definitely that was like my own fault. Like I was like skipping class to watch films. <laughs> right. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, anyway, so when we moved to Calgary, like, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but um, there was a period of time in Calgary where we had the uptown, the plaza, the globe, we had bird dog video, Casablanca, both locations. Yep. I mean, it was like an ideal time. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was I, uh, when yeah. I moved here, that was the case, and that, yeah, that has certainly changed. I didn't think about that. But uh, what what made you move here? Uh, the referendum. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah, just pretty straight up, it was oh, like, really? not good. Right. Um, we moved. Uh, we moved in ninety seven. So okay. Um, you know, I think people like the referendum. It just, despite its intentions, whether the best of them or the worst of them, it kind of divided people in ugly ways. Right. And I, th- I think we still haven't really recovered. From that, yeah, yeah, in a lot definitely. of ways. And you know what? There's people who who study you know economics who would say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I mean, it's like anything. There's just like I I, w- I went to French immersion through school, through elementary, junior high, and high school, and um, graduated with my French diploma. And I don't really speak French anymore because we just yeah, never encounter it. Yeah, like I used to be fluent, and so did um, we were on the on the board of the CSAF, and uh, I think it was Garth who also went through French immersion and has a diploma and has since forgotten it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so separate. Yeah. So that's why I had to do that plug for the hundred dollar. Like, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's why yeah. we were like, who, who do we know that speaks French? I was like, oh my God, of course. Yeah. It, it's weird because it created this like adversarial culture where people are like, well, I don't use it. So why would I learn it? You know? Totally. And I think it's, I mean, it's been so helpful for me with my English knowing French because oh, yeah. like it's just knowing how a language is structured and yeah. knowing how it can be different and of course English has a lot of French roots too so mm-hmm. even that is uh, 
plus learning other languages is so much easier and i think so being a bilingual person i've i've noticed that you like take on different personalities depending on the language depending, oh speak, interesting you okay know? like you sort of well it's not that you take on i mean you do take on different personalities but it's because of the cultural implications of the language right right, right. you know like you swear differently in another language yeah all right yeah for sure yeah. That's interesting, yeah, and it's such a. It, it also brings up the whole idea of how language can affect how you think about something, right? It's like yep. oh, yeah. it's like how well, look at how words. the French make films, you know? Yeah, or or even even the the Inuit people had all the different words they have for snow, yeah. right? And all this kind of stuff, where it's like, if you don't have a word for something, your brain may never think about it that way. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. That's great. I, well, I guess since we're on the topic of language, like. Uh, being able to watch f like French films in mm -hmm. French, mm -hmm. right? You know, and feel it and understand it, and like, and also recognize mm -hmm. myself in it, mm -hmm. you know, or at least like recognize like the thing that I'm a part of, the big yeah. story of like France and the right, French right, culture, right. etc. Yeah, yeah. So is that is that part of your like? How are you still exposed to French in your daily life? Like, do you speak it at home or with your parents? Like, how uh, yeah, no, it's still speak with my family. Um, I make a point to watch a lot of French films. Right. They they're kind of my preferred films. Like my favorite director is French. You know, um, I don't know. It's one of those things. Yeah, the best way I can explain it is this: like in Calgary, I feel quite French, but in France, where my family is, yeah. I feel very Canadian. Right. Oh, okay. Right. It's like whenever yeah. I, it's it's just something I can push against. Right. Right. So actually, when it comes to filmmaking, like I do actively think like, okay, let's make this different. You know, let's make right. this like like how would a French approach to this cool beat. yeah yeah which is weird it's an abstract thing to say you know? no i think it's yeah but it's good to, to have to come with your own kind of unique voice and have something that you can anchor it in mm -hmm. is kind of mm -hmm. sweet that's cool yeah. so what how old were you when you made the move when we moved to calgary yeah so actually i did two moves oh okay. i moved when i was eight and then uh when i finished high school i went back to montreal mm. and went to university at concordia oh nice mm. yeah and then uh stuck around for a bit Wow. Spun my wheels in Toronto and then came back here mm -hmm. in 2013. Okay, cool. Oh, so just yeah. recently. So what, what did you take at Concordia? English Lit. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It sounded like it's going to be like film, right? No, yeah. no, English right. Lit. Uh, there's a reason for that. I had applied to film school and they 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 said that they lost my, um, my film transcript or like my uh, portfolio. Oh, shit. So I didn't get in. Oh. And mm. I was kind of surprised by that because I was like, that's not on me then. Yeah, I'll send yeah. you another one. <laughs> and they weren't like, send it again? And, no, but you have to remember that these are the days where you have to send in hard copies, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Damn. So my huh. second option, my second choice was English Lit. And my parents were like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'll just like bum around. They're like, absolutely not. Because, <laughs> yeah, well, we don't have to get into that. But, yeah, parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, so yeah, it was a second choice. And I just took it thinking like, maybe I'll do this for a bit and then go into film. Sure. But I... I think it happens for a lot of people. Like I landed a good professor, right? A really good prof who like really taught me the value of, of why should anyone study literature? Right, right, right. You, know? really you can close easy. that window. If you no, that's really nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, did you end up taking any formal education in film, or is it, is it always just been? Uh, no. Oh, okay, cool. cool yeah. Man. And when I came back, I uh, I went to France for a bit um, to work in a winery. Okay. Uh, and when I wow. came, and it was when I was doing that where I was like, oh my god, I really don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had like an epiphany, like, what's it all about? Like, sure. What should I do then? And I and I remembered like film, yeah, yeah, obviously, right. That's what it was from the get go. That's like what I was supposed to be doing, you know, all awesome. along. Awesome. So, cool. 
So yeah, I came back to Calgary and I was like, all right, I'm going to go to SAIT. I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to join IATSE. I'm going to, you know, all these things. And like none of those things worked out, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is actually for the better. Right. You know, I thought, um, sure. I, I'm the kind of person that, that prefers to do my own thing. And, and you certainly don't need those things to be a filmmaker by any means. Well, I think <clears throat> I like, okay. So I, I, I don't want to get into the habit of bashing film school. No, no, let's do it. Nor, nor do we. We we love. We, we both yeah, have to I mean, say we loved it, but we we don't. That, I don't think we hear we hear it enough either. Because I, and I think just the nature of Matt and I being the hosts of this podcast, we always go, we always have our own personal experience to reference back to, mm-hmm. which is the film school experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we always like there's other ways to go. There's other ways to go. Um, so I think it's great to have you on to to bash film school and and <laughs> yeah, like seriously, <laughs> like, get, like get honest and get get whatever you want to talk about. Let's do it. Oh boy. Well, okay. I mean, okay. I'll, let me put it this way. Um, I, I've been, I've worked a lot with people who've gone to film school and when I do get into like being like, ah, you know, film school, they say like, well, okay, listen, like I didn't have any contacts when I started. Right. I had no formal education. I didn't even know like how to put the, like push the record button on a camera. So film school was t- completely beneficial for people like that. Right. But for someone like me that like, you know, gets all like gooey eyed when I watch a Tarkovsky film, right. a program like Sate is going to kill me. Right. Like right. it will just like drive me into the ground right. and I will probably end up presenting it and mm. not wanting to do it, mm. you know? So, I mean, yes, you can, you know, get all goodwill hunting on film school and like go to the library and read some books. Sure. Um, you can definitely do it yourself. I will say this though about what I've noticed that comes out of Sate is that, um, but I think they're specific about this and I think it's in, and it can be a good thing, but they do tend to like push down the creative element, mm-hmm. you know, like I listened to the podcast you guys did with Kyle Thomas. Right. And what he's talking about at Concordia, like that's real. Like that's yeah. like they, they don't do like any like formal stuff. They're just sort of like, yeah, figure it out, you know, yeah. cool. but make sure that the core of what you're doing is, is good. Mm-hmm. Make sure that what you're going to put out there will resonate because mm-hmm. otherwise you've just spent like $50,000 on bullshit. Right. That's, that's a great point for sure. And I think, um, I think it's something that Satan is struggling with, and I think they they are aware of that because it's tough as a technical institute to not. And I think their history has been for the last forty five years to train technically minded and technically proficient people. Yeah. Um, and I know that they're getting rid of the streams um, mm. next year, um, so there's no specialization, and they're yeah. So I think they're trying to focus more on on creative kind of activation and. and well, I think that's a testament to like just the what's going on in Alberta. Certainly, yeah. yeah, I would agree. You know? Like, there is a supreme hunger for like creative film. Yeah, there filmmaking that's going on right now. Absolutely, I think we're it's the best time for that that we've ever seen. Yeah, um, and we've historically had what we call the brain drain, where people who are creative just can't make it work here, mm. and they run away to Vancouver, Toronto. Mm-hmm. So we lose all the the best creative thinkers. Yeah, but but I almost like that aspect <laughs> of Calgary because then you. Like, you get to be the one that breaks the ground. It's kind of a clean slate. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to ask yourself, are you the kind of person that's afraid of a blank canvas or not? Right. Right. And like, I don't know, maybe it's not good to be like too concerned about like what kind of a precedent you set, but at the same time, like you can set any precedent. It Mm -hmm. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, We're kind of finding our voice as a province, I think right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I don't know if it is like a responsibility, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. It it kind of sets the tone a little bit. You know what? Actually, I'll give you an example um, of kind of, the old school way of thinking about filmmaking in Alberta versus the new school, mm-hmm. which like I would consider myself a part of, is uh, I remember when I first got got back to Calgary, I was like, all right, got to make a film, got to make something. And I remember talking to uh, an instructor at SAIT, and I was like, I want to do this. What, what would you recommend? And he said, well, before you even do that, 
you need permits, you need insurance, you need this, that, and the other. Right. And I remember just like smiling, nodding, like thinking to myself, like, nope. I'm not <laughs> I doing, might need them, but I'm not going I'm not to doing any get of that. them. Right. Yeah. Right, right. I'm filming a bunch of skateboarding teenagers right, right. at night in downtown yeah. Calgary where there is no one. Right. You know? Like, for the record, you can do that. Sure. Of as course. long as you're not a dick and you're not like destroying right. things. I mean, there's a fine balance, right? You have to make sure that what you're doing doesn't damage the next guy. Right? right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And that's what those things are in place for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, don't let anybody tell you you can't do that. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that is kind of what a lot of people think film school is, is, is more of a knighting ceremony. Mm. Right? Where it's like, yes, you can be a filmmaker <laughs> Like now. engineers right. in their ceremony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay, I've gone through film school. Now I can do it. Um, yeah. And we say that all the time. You don't need anyone's permission yeah. to do this. Like, it never... It never happens. I, we ask people when we go, we, we speak at SIG, we're like, who here perceives Matt and I to be filmmakers? And I would say most people put up their hand. <laughs> I think it was um, everyone, wasn't it? And, uh, and we're like, yeah, nothing ever happened to Yeah, there us. was no time. There was no up. time where it's like, okay, you're a filmmaker now. The switch has been flipped. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you're making films, that makes you a filmmaker. Like that's yeah. all you need to be doing. Right. Yep. Um, Isn't that like Robert Rodriguez's first yeah. piece of advice? Mm. You know? You're a filmmaker, make films. Yeah. Get a card, that's it. Oh, yeah, and I remember Ebert actually saying it. I think it was in that uh, Kenny Hotz and Spencer Rice documentary pitch um, where he's where he says, don't don't come up to me and say you're an aspiring director. Yeah, yeah You're yeah. a director. Say yeah. you're a director, yeah. But I think yeah. the difference is actually doing it mm-hmm. because there, there are a lot of people, some of whom we know, that say that they are a director and mm-hmm. say that they are a screenwriter. But, but all they have is an idea. Right. And they're not actually practicing that craft. We do work in an industry where there's a lot of talk. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, For like, sure. we should fully remind ourselves of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a, on a, a talking product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where that's all we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. Next question. <laughs> Matt, take it. So what, uh, so you're in Calgary. Uh, what kind of became your personal film school? Was it your first film that you, that mm. you started doing? I mean, obviously. Um, the first thing I did was just know people. Okay. So I just branched out, started talking to people. Um, I helped out on the uh, the 2014 last film, their, their big film, the end of your production. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, cool. Gosh, what was it called? It'll come back to me. Yeah. At, at the very end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was at State. Cool. And uh, it was really, that's so that's where I met like, you know, Scott Lutley. That's where yeah. I met. That wasn't the musical, was it? No. no. It was a like a yet another dark western. Mm. Got um, it. And uh, but it was amazing to see. It wasn't a dark winter's night, was it? It was. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's I've got your IMDb profile up, and that's on there. <laughs> I want that. Yeah, as a as a yeah, you got a you got a profile, although it's Whoa. spelled your name's spelled wrong. I had knew it. Oh um, <laughs> yeah, but you've got miscellaneous crew production assistant on a dark winter's night. There you go. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. I didn't even realize <laughs> man, I you had are, one. That's the thing, Famous, man. Famous, dude. If IMDb, you, put that in your signature. Yeah. <laughs> if you so don't you know, put that, like, if you, yeah, if you don't take control. How do they spell it with like five A's or uh, something? C-A-L-I-E-R. Oh, okay. Yeah, so not mm. too bad. Uh, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. But it was amazing for me to see like, you know, I, I, I approached filmmaking thinking like, you know, three guys and an actor kind of thing. Sure. And then here comes this say production where they're like, like they're organized, you know, and <clears throat> you just have to like fall in line, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Sure, um, yeah. I mean, I had no like uh, classes for like set etiquette or anything like that, but you kind of don't need them. I mean, you just need a pair of eyes and ears. Right. right, just, right. Like, I think it depends on the kind of person you are. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But if you're that kind of person, you should not be making films. Right. Yes I mean, and no. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a good point for sure. But I think there is a, a place for the set etiquette. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like I find that people who don't understand said etiquette and don't understand how to work with people and don't understand like what it what it requires when you ask people to do large scale things, you know, i.e. the revenant, you become an asshole. Right. Right. You know? Right. Sure. And that's when you get into like trouble with like, you know, IATSE or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> or the Hollywood reporter inquires on you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was amazing to, for me to see the say production go like all out and, and really to see these these guys who had done two years now just like put all of their skills to the test mm-hmm. and uh and we were in brutal conditions it was so cold it was in the middle of winter in this uh in the uh do you know you guys know bow valley ranch that yeah. little western town oh yeah yeah that's where we were cool and uh just like freezing our asses off in that <laughs> saloon yeah yeah, yeah you know and Jeez. seeing everyone just like work on nothing you know just like peanuts yeah just for sure make it happen mm-hmm. was really cool yeah that's cool yeah I know. and so that was that was my first thing and that's and that's where i met like so many people who are now working today in calgary cool was thanks to yeah yeah, yeah. Night. for and, sure uh, uh i think that was that was really like the, the big sort of like moment that split the atom for me mm-hmm. you know to know to see like how it's done this one way right and then like what i can learn to do it my way sure sure cool so uh, we were talking before that that you, you've teamed up with ramble mm-hmm. since then so how did that come about um okay so after a state, I did a short film and just sort of like figured out what I could do. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about that. I don't want to skip that. What was, okay, the, what okay. was the short film? I, I do want to, I, just like out of embarrassment, <laughs> I want to skip it. Right, right. I shouldn't be embarrassed. Well, I'll, the first film is always, it's always a tough one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, people liked it, it seems, but I, I don't know if they're saying that to my face yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's hard to know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like, I guess, yeah, so I did a short film. It's called Breakfast. Okay. Um, it's on my Vimeo page. Sweet. And uh i filmed my cousin uh who lives in this really neat old apartment uh and just sort of like bustling around puttering around his apartment making a breakfast okay cool um and what i originally wanted to do was get this guy who had this made-up language i met this guy who had a made-up language cool. okay and get him to voice over it sweet in in a made-up language yeah oh my god amazing yeah but he didn't work out oh no so i instead i threw in subtitles and mm. just like subtitled his like thoughts as he's going around and it's like it's it's a uh, it's surreal, mm-hmm. but everything that he's doing is just very basic and like monotone. Sure, you know. And actually, that conversation came out, or that film came out of an idea of a conversation where I was like, "Man, people, you should just learn at say like how to make a film about breakfast, right? You know, just like someone like cracking an egg and like how to shoot that properly. Sure, yeah. Right? yeah. So that was totally. it. Actually, that was cool. Now that I'm remembering that, remembering that, yeah, that's that's what we did. Nice. It was a way for us to all sort of like learn how to use gear, mm-hmm. how to. Um, you know, just like look at just look at a scene, just look at the mise en scene, and be like, okay, what's missing? Right. Why Why does this not feel interesting? Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Or why doesn't it look like a movie? Yeah. Right. What is yeah. it about this yeah. that isn't isn't working? Mm-hmm. So how long was that short? Um, maybe five or six minutes. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. And the best thing I learned about it though was pacing. You know. Right. Because like, have you noticed filmmaking today has the attention span of a gnat? Absolutely. It is yeah. insane. Thanks YouTube. You know. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. But also thanks YouTube to every frame of painting because he points out the same thing too, for sure. Where for people sure. just yeah. like shoot so many different angles of something mm-hmm. when you don't need to, right? You know, yeah. as long as you have the good performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I would say like from breakfast, that's what I learned was just good pacing and like how good pacing can be funny, right? You know, how oh, silence sure. can be funny for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and you know it makes me wonder like is that something they'll teach at Sate? You know, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Like, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's certainly I, that's for me, that kind of thing is certain is certainly trial by uh, trial and error. I should say it's I've got to do it to figure out what I did wrong and then correct it later. So, yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's why I'm and, you know, we've, we've said this before. Our industry is there's no practicing what we do. Like you, you, we can we put together our own money to make shorts or we mm. fight for a grant and we, and we get we get some money together and then and then the, the heat is on. Right. Like there's this is it. And you got to there's no time where you can just be like other than film school where you can just be like, OK, I can kind of take. But even then, the pressure's the pressure's high, on for sure. Well, yeah. School, yeah. That's the yeah. role of the director. Yeah. Just like keep it cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Manage all the personalities. Yeah. yeah. You know, and come like, prepared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why Upstart's so great. Scott's doing Upstart right now, which is, oh, uh, yeah. do you know? Yeah. upstart no i've only heard of it yeah it's a, it's a program basically where you, you you know there are four directors a bunch of actors and you just do scenes from existing movies and tv cool. um but it's just like a no pressure oh, cool. exercise the yeah. muscle of directing yeah. there's no yeah. lights there's no yeah. microphones there's, there's a just... camera and you do end up with like something cut together at the end but mm-hmm. uh, obviously there's no crew there's a lot of things you're not doing but you just you do get to just kind of focus on performance and, and, and you do the conversation between an actor and a director oh cool yeah. and you do scenes that have already been filmed like so like, like a classic yeah, like, yeah yeah well i mean last week i did a scene from spotlight okay right cool. so they just they just pull out a scene that has enough roles that they can kind of utilize as many of their actors as possible mm-hmm. um and so if you sometimes i've seen the material sometimes i have not um and I, that actually taught me something about this because i kind of just seen spotlight so it was awesome to have it taught me about context nice, in yeah. a scene which yeah. which it's a little bit tough and so and, and communicating that context to most of the actors who had not seen it yet mm-hmm. um but yeah it's a great exercise it's even better that they didn't exactly see yeah. that's what i thought Total too so i could set the tone how i wanted and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. only give them the information that i wanted them to have mm-hmm. and you're free to try things right like i did a scene from serenity one time the the opening scene where there's no cut and so i oh, it, yeah. it happens at state so i'm like in the state hallway doing just a one one take thing it was and it was fun there's no you fail it's fine and it, yeah. and it ended up being quite fun so um it was interesting you um just to kind of take a quick tangent back um you asked about state teaching sound um and how a sound could be funny um pacing pacing too for sure but then you mentioned how sounds can be funny and um and they're making a big deal about sound this year for the first time and sound post. Oh, Alex mm. Mitchell's going to be happy. Alex Mitchell will be happy. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's an instructor named Ryan Trimmel there now who, uh, who has a huge background in sound and, and he was kind of bragging that this year he feels like the state, the final screening is going to be a cut above strictly because nice. they spent so much focus yeah. on, on sound. See, that's going to be interesting because like, it seems like there's, if, if we're putting this on a spectrum, SATA is on one end and Concordia is on the other. Right. And like, if they can just meet in they the middle. They can just meet in the middle. Right, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, SAID is still a technical school. Mm-hmm. It's a technical sure. school, so like, we'll see how that works out. But it would be—it would just be so ideal. You know? But it's probably interesting because SAID is really the only hands-on option in Calgary, certainly. Um, so it's where all the people who want to be directors apply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they learn how to run a camera. Yeah, right. but yeah, the closest thing to the the core, the the you know the Concordia style would be, I, I suppose, the the film program at the UFC, which is. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're. I haven't heard much about it though. Yeah, I, don't I, I know that there's there. critique yeah. and there's there's discussion. I don't know if there's there's it's designed for filmmakers to make yeah. films. There's um, a professor of film at uh, UFC who told me a good story about how he asked the class how many people like he's you know he's a film theory class and yeah. he's asking how many people want to be filmmakers and yeah. nobody puts up their hand. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. That's I mean that's the divide that we've got. Yeah, right now. for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's like people who write novels and the people who study literature. Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. 
So, so that film's done. So yeah, breakfast was done, and then, and then um, what, what was that? Li- what was the life of that film like? Did you? I just it just uh, circulated around the city, you know. Just okay, like cool. Through that uh, CSIF. Um, where else did it go? I feel like I did something else with it, but I kind of also wanted to bury it. Sure. Right yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it was uh, yeah, feeling. it was just like me learning out loud. Sure. Nice. Yeah. But uh, really soon after, um, I met. Uh, just these really interesting characters. These guys were really neat. And it got me thinking about wanting to do something a lot more ambitious. Mm. And and I know that I wanted to do a lot more movement. I wanted to incorporate a lot more improvisation. And uh, so that's how I met um, the actor in this uh, longer film I did, Moses. So I met Mackenzie and then I met Nick very soon after. And, um, and I just started shooting things, like just right away, just like we just started shooting things. But through that, um, Ramble noticed that I was trying something. Right? right, right, okay. And so I said, like, guys, I will work for you as a slave mm-hmm. for a year. <laughs> right. Uh, as, you know, like for nothing and and just take me on. Right. Right? Like an internship. Cool. And, uh, yeah, that's what they agreed to do. And they sort of, like, helped me. And then I, on the side from, from working of Ramble, started, like, doing my own thing with Moses. And then this thing just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. It just snowballed. Cool. Yeah. That's great. And then, of course, uh, we were talking again before that, that Ramble, were you with them when that, that it was a, it was like a, it was a really cool video that involved like woodworking with a bat made out of skateboards, yep. right? Yeah. And and then this guy kills them or something. I, I, uh-huh. I vaguely recall this. Yeah. Um, were you involved with that or was that before? I um, I wrote the voiceover for that. Oh, cool. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. James uh, needed something really quickly. Sweet. And... Um, I think primarily like my job at Ramble had from from that point and then onwards has mm-hmm. always been to like come up with stuff like really quick. Like, right. Write, edit, cool. write, edit. Cool. And um, yeah, so that's that was James's uh, project. So that's James Barry. Um, he is the, the the also the co-founder of Ramble. Mm-hmm. And uh, so him and Sean both got story hives that year. Okay, cool. And they were, it was really cool. Like for anybody who works in commercial videos, it was a great way for them to sort of like take some time off commercial right and sure. go like full-on creative like absolutely knowing that it's like safe totally you know? right yeah so uh yeah they they had like an amazing time shooting that cool and yeah, it was beautiful yep yeah yeah c100s man yeah there you go <laughs> so uh and then i know that that you we, again before uh, we were talking about young drunk punk you were involved with well the ramble team was the the web content yeah, so creators I, yeah so i yeah. came afterwards and uh for those of you who saw Young Drunk Punk, I mean, say what you will about the show, <laughs> but the web content is is interesting sure. at least. Yeah. Um, written by our, your guys' friend Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was it, that was the web series. When I came into Ramble, um, they had already finished shooting, but they needed help editing. Right. So at that point, um, there was a lot less intervention from mm. above. Right. And people were sort of, sort of like ready for the show to be out there. Right. So the web content actually had a lot more, um, a lot less restrictions. It could be awesome. whatever it needed to That's be. That's great. You know? And yeah. I mean, if like anybody needs a justification for why anything should have web content, that's the justification. Right. Is that it, it's the internet, man. It's freaky. It can be anything. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, the, and that content was and meta what, in that well, way. It was talking about mm-hmm. that. That was pretty funny. And that, yeah. I think that that's what, that that's the best thing that Chris was able to do for it too. Mm-hmm. It's like, just let it rip. For sure. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. That's a, that's his best place oh, too. For sure. Yeah. He yeah, can yeah. kind of be free to mm-hmm. do his own thing. Totally. So what's yeah. going on with Ramble now? Ramble Now. Um, we just finished a massive year-long contract with ATB. 
Oh, wow. Cool. And uh, it's called A Seat at Our Table. That's the mm-hmm. name of the campaign. And it comes out of their agriculture um, marketing department. Oh, okay. And it was uh, it was fascinating. We Basically, what we did is we followed chefs who source locally or source like in Alberta. Okay. So, every it was... Everything was like connected. You know, mm-hmm. like everything, like every chef would, had like a sort of relationship with a farmer or with a product. Right. And they and they sort of explored that. Cool. And so we documented it. So hmm. it was like a, it's like a series of like small documentaries. So like the journey of like maybe like a, a, a cut of meat or a. a I mean, have you heard the expression like plate to gate or gate to plate? A plate to or farm to table is what I. Yeah. 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 That's the other one. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so it, it was like showing that you know. Right. But for instance, like um, really really interesting stories came out of it. For for instance, um, River Cafe rely heavily uh, on asparagus. In, when it's in season mm-hmm. from this one particular farm and the year that we started doing this um, uh, this this advertising work for them the farm experienced a drought and had like a huge shortage of asparagus oh wow so we actually but and what was I thought was a really great part on ATB is they said just go ahead and shoot that anyways yeah yeah because that's yeah, of course. the reality of totally, drama, totally, yeah. for sure you know a conflict there yeah mm-hmm. that's cool and, it's um, a great project. It was, yeah, it was yeah. really fun. It was, and it really kind of opened my eyes to uh, just like how massive Alberta is. Mm. You know, right. did you do like, a lot of traveling? Yeah, must have. Yeah, a lot yeah. of driving. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of lonely hours on the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane to, to compare Alberta to like Europe. Just hold the maps together. And I just mean, be apparently like, you can fit France three times inside of Alberta. Really, yeah. it's insane to wow. me. I, I went backpacking through Europe, and and I realized that London and Paris. We're three hours apart, and I was like, mm-hmm. Calgary and Edmonton are three hours apart, <laughs> yeah. like, and they're next door neighbors, right, right, right. and they're completely different. Yes, yeah, yeah. so so different. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's a big place for sure. It yeah, and also, I think I got a real like thanks to that campaign, I got a real flavor of like what Alberta is. Mm. Right, and what did you what do, what do you think it is? It's uh, oh man. It's funny. I've been walking around thinking like, yeah, I know what Alberta is, but like sure. to define it, to put it on a paper. No, I know, I know how it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I got asked the other day, well, why do you love your wife? And, uh, <laughs> and I was oh, like, man, you better have a reason. It's like, obviously, obviously I know the answer, <laughs> yeah, but it yeah. it's like, just, just say it right now. To it's like, like um, come up, yeah, yeah. She's the best. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you want to say it? Uh, yeah. yeah. But I don't, yeah, I, yeah, I can't, I don't know if I'll say like Alberta's the best, but it's, uh, I, I do love the entrepreneurial spirit here. Yeah. Mm, if mm-hmm. there's one thing that seems to have like stuck, from the uh, last best west campaign sure. of you know like we got to populate this massive right. tract of land the pioneer you know, yeah that it seems to have remained and it's intact for sure yeah and um you know what was interesting too is when we were going out there that um this was around the time of the election of the provincial election ah and we we're meeting a lot of people who voted ndp interesting mm-hmm. i mean i don't know how their position is now right but Especially it was, farmers. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was interesting, but to see farmers be like, we need change. Yeah. We need, we need something to happen because, like, the bottom cannot hold. Right. Right. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was fascinating. And and also just seeing, like, I th- it was really important for me to see um, farmers and asking them, like, why, why are you a farmer? You know, like, I don't know if you guys get asked, why are you a filmmaker? But to be asked, like, why are you a farmer? You know, for them, it's like, well, what else is there? Right. Right. Mm. You know, or it's like, you know, it's been in the family for generations. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and then you say like, well, how do you keep going? It's like, well, it's faith. Hmm. You know, Jeez. for a lot of people, yeah, that's what it comes down to. It's like, come rain or come shine. I got to get some carrots. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, it's true. Well, wow. and seeing that really put, um, I think it put a lot of things in perspective for, for me with filmmaking because, you know, we're not saving anybody. 
by making these films. Right. I think, I think we need to. I think like most people like who work in film need to remember that. Like. Certainly, we're very lucky. Yeah, in that way, we're, yeah. Like, we're not doing anybody any favors here. It's right. true. Yeah. I think I think we do have a bit of a, of a feeling of self importance and, and seriousness. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. around it. Yeah, some more than others. And yeah. so it's it's making me wonder, like, okay, if if a film industry is going to exist in uh, Alberta, uh, like a big one, mm-hmm. you know, like a Vancouver sized sure. model, um, is it going to be like that? You know, is mm-hmm. the attitude of it going to be like that, or like, are we going to end up like having to work in that kind of environment? Which, is, which will be a tough environment to work in. Mm-hmm. And how do we avoid doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a really great question and an important one is what, and it goes back to that black blank canvas. Like if, if we and everyone who's kind of growing right now are, are going to become this industry, mm-hmm. what do we want it to be? Right. Like we kind of have that. Well, that's the cool thing about bit, yeah. being a filmmaker in Calgary now is we get that question. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You get to set the tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could really look back on this time as, as, the carefree days <laughs> for sure for sure yeah well especially with the studio right i mean i mean the optimistic side of that is that yeah it really could transform this this province into a, a major major player um so yeah well, let's let's make sure that we we do that right i remember reading somewhere that um after uh the dark knight was shot in chicago it has brought in so much industry to chicago right and is also like just the sheer success of it and the and the the power of that film um there's been so many filmmakers young filmmakers in chicago who are mm-hmm. popping up now right. who nice who feel like interesting encouraged to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Shoot their city too cool you hmm. know very interesting i know that i remember they were gonna they were gonna blow up a stadium there was it because that scene that happens in the football stadium was i don't know what stadium was gonna be destroyed so nolan was like oh i want to put that in my movie huh. and it ended up Not it was like it. something with a dome but yeah it obviously didn't uh, work cool. out but yeah, yeah. but yeah and i think he still shoots stuff there right like he, he i think he likes that place a lot and here and alberta sure that's right so what's what's next for you and and ramble or you as a an independent filmmaker mm-hmm. well just this weekend i'm gonna start shooting uh another short awesome. great yeah. awesome and um i think and maybe this will be interesting for the listeners but um I've had a really successful time looking for adapted lenses. So my, my goal right now is to make sure that my stuff doesn't look like anybody else's. Right. Okay. You know, that it has to be like really unique. Sure. And I think if anything, you just have to be able to carve out a specific style, Mm. you know, if you're going to be doing your thing uh, on your own like this, I think you should make sure that you carve out a really specific style. Right. And um, yeah. And anyways, I've had this great luck finding uh, adapted lenses. Cool. What does that mean exactly? Well, so to give you an example, I found a couple, uh, or I found this one um, uh, Helios lens. So it's made in the USSR, mm-hmm. but oh. chances are the guy at the camera store was telling me that it's Zeiss glass. Ah, okay. Because and this is crazy, but like World War Two days, you know, when when Russia came in, they took all these factories and like, okay, we're we're taking this now, right? And we're going to be selling it all across the USSR. Mm. So they're like these things are just like lying around, you know, and they're fifty bucks. Huh? Amazing. It's crazy. Jesus. Yeah. So how do you so, how do you how do you make that work with the, what are you using to shoot? Mm-hmm. So the the we're using the FS seven hundred. Okay. So you can find these adapters. You know, just make sure that like the flange range or flange distance is okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, they all have these like really specific kind of looks to them, right? Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Like you get the nice bokeh effect and all that. Sure. You know. Props for being the first person to use flange distance on uh, on, the, <laughs> on the podcast. 
<laughs> I mean, Boca too. Yeah, but I had to. I really had to like do my research oh, for to sure. find out. Yeah, like, okay, what are yeah. these things going to do? Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, for sure. How is this yeah. going to work? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Those adapters can be really crazy too. Like I, I remember shooting with Kyle on uh, on not far from the abattoir, and oh, yeah? he was using a a lens adapter that that was like. It, it, the camera's going forward and then a complete left angle and then the the lens is coming forward again. Yeah. It was it's crazy. I'd never seen anything like it. Well, so for anybody out there who's interested in how I did it, just go to uh, gadgetinfinity.com. Okay. And hmm. what they do, they're really smart about this, is that they order in a bunch of stuff from China, but then they sell it out of the States. Oh, okay. Because, you know, like, you just, it's so spotty oh, getting yeah, things yeah, from yeah. China. For sure. So they're really reliable. Everything's categorized. Cool. Easily searchable. Yeah. I was, uh, so I'm going to go there. Business model, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll have yeah. a link to that in the show notes, everybody. Um, so I think you're a great example of a filmmaker who um, is just doing it, which is the, the encouragement that, that should be given to new mm-hmm. filmmakers. Um, but there's the, there's the bridge between I have an idea and I'm on set shooting mm-hmm. something. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, the, the hurdle that most people can't get over. Mm-hmm. So if you've got like one or three tips on how to actually make something. What would you mm-hmm. say if someone's like, I have this great idea for a film? And you're like, great, go make it. How? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. This is like the, the realistic side of me says uh, it's going to look terrible. Sure. Yeah. Which is But fine. that's okay. Yeah. I think you need totally. to just like embrace it, you know, yeah. like, I mean, shoot it on a like little mini DV. Sure. You know, but accept the shortcomings of, of that format and make it beautiful. Mm. You know, you can make beautiful things out of garbage. I mean, look at Harmony Korine's career. Mm-hmm. Right, that is a career filled with garbage mediums, and or derelict. <laughs> oh, which one is that? Derelict is the <laughs> fashion in Zoolander. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course it <laughs> um, but it's but it's it's true. You can make beautiful things out of out of cheap materials, but you just need to know how, and you need to put a lot of personality into it. So, you know, if if you're a starting from scratch filmmaker uh, looking to do something, and and you don't know how to get started. I mean, scale it back a bit. You know, you're not going to make Zack Snyder, right? You know, like, and and don't try to either, right? Right, right. You know, don't don't convince yourself that that's going to happen because mm-hmm. it's not. No, I like like we were saying before. I think remove the pressure from yourself to yeah, to try yeah, that, yeah. yeah, or to make yeah. it perfect too. I mm-hmm. think that's what mm-hmm. stops most people is yeah. well, it's not ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, in my case, what I would say, based on like what I was able to do, is meet really interesting people. You know. Like, don't compromise when it comes to actors. Right. Actors and story is the most important thing. That's mm. the only thing that you're really going to have. Because chances are your gear is not going to be that great. Your sound's not going to be that great. All the rest of that stuff just won't be up to the par that you think it should be. Sure. Right. Um, especially because, for the most part, if you're, an, if you're an aspiring filmmaker, you haven't used, a, you know, an Aria Alexa. You haven't used a red camera. So, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's okay, though. I think that... If you're going to start making things, make sure that what you're seeing is interesting because we have way too much stuff out there that is not interesting. Yeah. You know, like find interesting looking people, weird looking people. Sure. You know, make sure that the story compensates for their personality. Right. It's it's no good if you want to get like, I don't know, let's say, let's say a Western with a John Wayne type, but the guy is really skinny, mm. you know, or you can like see like a little weakness in his smile. Right, right, right. Yeah. Just avoid it. <laughs> right. Right. Um, say you meet like, let's say, uh, there's, there's someone in your Safeway bakery who's just like a huge brute, you know, right for that. <laughs> that's more interesting. Yeah. That's more interesting than like, you know, another period piece in uh, Bow Valley Ranch. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
what what else any anything like yeah the, the fact that you talk so much about style is really cool and i think something we haven't talked too much about what how do you how does one form their own style their own unique style how do you how do you go about that huh um another thing i suppose that isn't really discussed in um in uh, film school is <clears throat> uh instincts mm. and to really rely right. on your instincts sure you know and yeah. just like just put total faith in your instincts because chances are you've probably seen a lot of films mm-hmm. you've absorbed a lot of information you know uh you've learned a lot that you don't realize that you've learned yeah you know? yeah exactly mm. yeah that's the, actually that's the best way to put it and your instincts will usually guide you in the right direction mm-hmm. you know unless you have terrible taste <laughs> right <laughs> Which might be the most then, interesting style that there is. And then, I mean, you're just going to see that happen for you yeah. firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I would definitely say trust your instincts. Also, like, think about things, you know? That, it's just, I, it's, I know it sounds, like, stupid, but, like, just, <laughs> but really just, like, think about things. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, like, what I like to do, for instance, is if I'm reading a book, I like to think, how would you film that? Or how would you impart that feeling of that, you know? Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's one example that I thought of a lot because I, th- I just think it would be so cool to see this but there's a I w- I've been reading Moby Dick mm. and there's a part in Moby Dick where it's like their first chase of a whale and uh, who is it I think it's Stubbs Stubbs is like going for it and the way that Melville describes it is that he's putting the spear into the whale's mouth as if he's looking for a precious gold watch mm. and I was like okay what what does that mean right. like pause right there for a second break it down a gold watch right how did you get there to whale you yeah know? but the more you think about it, it's like oh yeah like a ticker like it ticks like a heart is mm. you know i think people have used that terminology that the heart's yeah, like the a, sure, a clock sure. right yeah and if you were to think of that as a film scene how would that translate it would be pretty interesting i mean you know i'd be like oh yeah we'll like shoot zoom uh just like really tight make it feel like there's lots of movement and action and all that sort of thing and then but once he gets into the whale's mouth slow it down mm. and you can hear this like ticking right. coming in yeah, right yeah. Nice. I mean, so you don't have to be literal about things sure but but it's interesting to add layers of things totally yeah right so if if you're looking out there thinking like okay how i need some style like we're gonna get some style right, right. like th- like that's what i mean by you stop and think about things like, mm. just think about like what you want to say here right you know because if the point of, if the if the point of the scene is just exposition then you've got nothing right which was the problem with star wars the new one right yeah fair enough so uh yeah that was that was cool i, I love i loved this conversation lots of really useful general information but also some really specific uh in in-depth in core stuff which which was great um thanks man yeah anything we can we can talk about as far as like people where can they see your work how can they learn oh, yeah. more about you um so ramble mm-hmm. uh gotta give props to uh, sean and james right um ramble is at rambleritual.com okay and you can find everything there and they've got a great vimeo page and, and they've actually got uh, a music video coming up on March 5th that has like some crazy color correction and like this like weird like emulsion film film feeling. Oh, sweet, to it. yeah, yeah. Um, we blew up a car. Oh, wow! <laughs> on a farm, so and That's we did awesome. that all for five thousand dollars. Wow, ladies Damn. and gentlemen, like you can do it. Nice, you know, just pulling the favors. Right. Um, and so that's coming out March 5th. Mm. So I would say, yeah, uh, March 5th. Check out Ramble. There's going to be a new music video. It's called The Gambler. It's for this band called Man Cub. Okay. Um, what else is coming up? You can always check out my page. Uh, I've got a Vimeo account, uh, Guillaume Carlier. And um, uh, what else? I'm going to find out soon if, if Moses got into Cuff. 
Ah, yeah, cool. Um, right. When do they? When do we find out about Cuff? That's coming up, hey. It, it must, must be, be soon. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the forty-eight hour is starting. It's today. April. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm doing that too, actually. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. Are you guys? No, it killed us almost <laughs> a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. Last time, okay. Here's a good story. Last time I did forty-eight hours was last year, and we had to like we were rendering out two minutes before oh, no. it was yeah. due. Oh, like like down to the last five percent, and I was like, I ran there to the theater, and I was like hold the gate please and they're like okay fine you got 15 minutes and then once it finished the guy booked it uh this is josh he booked it down the street handed it to them and then threw up outside (laughs) oh my god amazing (laughs) wow that's That's, yeah we've we've been in that exact same situation where matt's driving and i'm rendering in the car beside him oh my god (laughs) yeah he's cutting oh i was cutting that's right the drive home from edmonton (laughs) i'm finishing the sound mix yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's fun though it you learn a lot for sure yeah yeah, yeah if you want to learn do that yeah absolutely hours. absolutely man cool. that'll just like sear a tattoo in your head of like what not to do <laughs> what right? not to do yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. all right man thank you so much for being here and sharing oh, for your sure. thoughts yeah. appreciate it well thank you guillaume what a what a cool dude and uh yeah and a french speaker which which mm-hmm. we need mm-hmm. more of in alberta no accent though that surprised me yeah like, no accent yeah, at all yeah um, but yeah, cool guy, and um, definitely uh, you know a, a, a pillar of the community when it comes to like the CSIF and and, and media worlds. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what he continues to do as a filmmaker. Certainly. Uh, so let's get back into the news you can use. Uh, we've got a lot, so uh, we'll try to blast through it. So pay attention closely. Uh, the CBC uh, Television has announced their ninth season of the short film Face Off, uh, and they're looking for shorts from all over Canada. Uh, so the short film face-off films are screened uh, and a panel of industry professionals provide commentary as well as discuss the creative and technical aspects of the films with the filmmakers. The panel then picks three finalists and the audience votes for the top film. Prizes include $30,000 in cash for the winning filmmaker to put towards their next short film, uh, which will be licensed for broadcast by the CBC. Films have to be under 12 minutes in length uh, and they have to be completed in the past two years. Uh, and of course, you must be Canadian uh, and at least 19 years of age. Deadline's coming up quick, March 18th. So if you've got a short film um, that's less than 12 minutes that you've done recently, definitely submit. What have you got to lose? And this not is to- crazy. This is a huge, huge thing. Uh, not to <laughs> channel too much Donald Trump, but the, uh, an organization called the uh, the Reveal Indigenous Art Awards is giving away 150 awards of $10,000 each. So. Yeah, the deadline is coming up uh, June 1st, 2016, and it is for Indigenous filmmakers um, as part of the, uh, I'm going to screw this up, the Hanatishin Foundation, and they're uh, launching this uh, awards uh, to help reveal and honor Indigenous Canadian artists. 150 different uh, $10,000 awards. $10,000 awards. It's, it's awesome. A ton of cash yeah. and a great chance for if you're, if, so if you're submitting to this, uh, you've got a good shot. Yeah. RJHF.com slash program slash Indigenous Awards. And that'll be in the show notes as well for more information. Uh, we spoke about this briefly last week, um, but the Gallery of Media Art uh, are accepting submissions uh, until very soon, March 11th. So in about uh, two to three days, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, so Alberta artists can submit short film, animation, and video that will be programmed um, by AMAS uh, in, in Arts Commons and CASA in Lethbridge. Um, $400 artist fee if the, your proposal is selected. So uh, uh, check that out in the show notes and uh, get your stuff submitted. Another NSI uh, program, which is fantastic, is the uh, Shaw Media Diverse TV Director Program. Um, and it's it's available and, and eligible for um, female and or Aboriginal male or females. 
and or a visible minority male or females and or a person with a disability male or female. So um, it's an opportunity for uh, directors to get ready to take the leap into TV series direction. And um, it, you know, like any NSI program, it's freaking awesome. And uh, more information is online, but I, I highly recommend you uh, take the plunge. The Shoestring Film Awards are accepting submissions now. This is a, a, a film award put on by the APRA, the Academy of Production and Recording Arts, as well as The Beach, uh, which is a post-audio facility in Calgary, uh, and She Devil Productions. So they've all teamed up to put on this uh, this film award. And the purpose of it is to elevate the quality of Canadian film production um, by pairing up filmmakers with audio post engineers. So what you do is submit a nine to 22 minute film before May 6th um, and they will put you, uh, the winning films will be put in touch with audio post professionals uh, and recent graduates who can help you take it to the finish line with ADR, um, sound effects and mixing um, and basically kind of showing filmmakers in Calgary that there are resources here, there is talent here uh, and you don't necessarily need to go to Vancouver or Toronto or LA to get uh, the sound post uh, done on your film. Uh, so it's pretty cool. There's there's a lot more details uh, than that to it, but check it out at uh, www.theshoestringfilmawards.com. That does sound cool. Yeah. Uh, another NSI program, the Totally Television program, is uh, open again for submissions. Um, some of the alumni from this program are huge, like like showrunners and writers on Rookie Blue, Spun Out, Heartland, Strange Empire, Seed, Being Erica, have all you know come through this program. And uh, it's uh, it's basically a course that's going to take six, up to six teams um, and and develop their television projects with showrunners, editors um, as kind of mentors. And uh, you know we we did kind of the TV or the the feature film version of this, which was amazing. And uh, I highly recommend any NSI program. It's it's amazing. It's ten months long and includes extensive training, individual sessions, and uh, private pitch meetings with broadcasters. So definitely worth your application. And I think this is one of their pillars programs Definitely, with the NSI. Yeah, it's one sure. of their strongest ones and uh, certainly stronger than the Features First program strictly because of how successful it's successful, been, yeah. yeah, and how big TV is right now over feature films. Right, so, uh, true enough. Yeah, if you're a filmmaker, definitely consider NSI Totally Television and uh, applications are due May 6th. So uh, start getting ready and, and get those in as, as soon as you can. And it all culminates at the Banff World Media Festival. So Albertans should be on the cutting edge of this application. So I hope to see uh, at least one Alberta team this year. Definitely. Uh, the City of Edmonton Screen Industries um, is starting their consultation sessions today um, and then in the next over the next few days here. So um, we spoke about this uh, a few weeks ago, but the office of the Edmonton Film Commissioner has been vacant for a year. Um, but Edmonton City Council wants to um, work with the Edmonton Arts Council, the Edmonton Economic Development Corporation and industry stakeholders to return to executive committee uh, with a recommendation um, about what to do with this position, whether to fill it or um, how to treat this this vacancy and, right. and how to move forward. So um, they've got input sessions from industry stakeholders uh, for different consultations. Um, and the purpose of these will be to inform stakeholders of the process, uh, discuss significant changes in the industry, seek input on how to best increase screen production in the Edmonton area, determine what new role the film commissioner should have and provide additional feedback. So if you're a filmmaker in Edmonton and area um, and you have an opinion on this stuff, which I would hope you do, 
definitely recommend that you attend these things. So one is happening uh, in an hour from when we're recording this. <laughs> so I don't think you'll hit that. Um, but the next one is this Thursday, March 10th from 7 to 9 p.m. at Nate. Um, and then another on Saturday, March 12th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Fava. And then again next week, Wednesday, March 16th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Edmonton Arts Council. Um, so for more details, uh, visit www.edmontonscreenindustries.com and definitely please go and, and get your voice heard. And if you're going, tweet us. Tweet the AB Filmcast Twitter account and we will retweet you or get in on, on the conversation. I'd love to keep an eye on what's happening there. So definitely. if you can report to us, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so March Madness is coming up in Edmonton, another Ampia project. There isn't a schedule just yet, but I imagine that's because they've been planning the massive Story Summit event, which was fantastic. Uh, but I've been to the March Madness event two years in a row now, and uh, I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, it's happening at Nate. Um, and what's great about it is it's really designed for people who are new to the industry just getting in. And as such, they are uh, they actually have a free uh, membership, not membership, a free uh, ticket for those new members of Ampia. So if you've just become a member of Ampia in the last year, you can get in for free. Uh, if you're an existing member, it's $20 and $30 for non-members to attend as well. So it's a full day of workshops and networking with keynote speakers and uh, information from ACTRA and WIFTA and TELUS Optic Local, uh, StoryHive stuff. So uh, have a blast and I'll, I'll see you there. There's a, there's a worldwide conference called Input. Um, Input is open to media professionals um, who are interested in recent public service television from around the world. And what this is, is a conference where you watch and discuss provocative, um, courageous or groundbreaking TV and online productions. So they have screenings and then following the screenings, um, they have professional discussions uh, to follow each and they're absolutely fascinating. And it's coming to Calgary this year uh, in May, from May 8th to May 12th. Um, so if you have any interest in this and, and sort of find out what's cutting edge in television right now, um, definitely worth checking out. Um, so it's again from May 8th to 12th and the cost for the session as well as to access the, the programming library is 140 Swiss francs. And Fava TV is coming up uh, again. Well, it's always around, actually. But they're working on a project called Secret Setlist Season 2. Uh, and Avatar Media is presenting the return of the TV music series, where hardworking Edmontonian musicians share their music, their stories, and play a live show. Um, so check out favatv.com for more information on that. Today is International Women's Day. Uh, which is fantastic. Hopefully, uh, in a few years, we don't need a day like this because every day should be International Women's Day. Right. Um, but in honor of it, Metro Cinema uh, is presenting the You Can't Keep a Good Woman Down film series. Uh, it's a three-evening event um, week to week um, in honor of today, the International Women's Day, as well as Edmonton Women, uh, highlighting creativity, resilience, and advocacy. So um, they will be screening four films from Alberta, BC, and the US and the UK that's, that are related to women's suffrage and missing indigenous women. Um, the festival is at Metro Cinema on March 8th, which is today, um, as well as next Tuesday, March 15th, and the Tuesday following March 22nd. So for more info, visit www.metrocinema.org. And for the Fort Mac listeners, uh, Telus Optic Local and NSI are bringing a training workshop this March the 20th um, from uh, for Fort McMurray filmmakers, which is awesome. Um, so the workshop is called From Concept to Camera, and it's all about developing your story from the screen, uh, from, from script to screen. Uh, and it's going to take place at the Jubilee Plaza in uh, Fort McMurray. So, it, of course, uh, NSI and Telus have have 
formed a, a great partnership and so they're working on programs and workshops like this um, and certainly excited to see what they do together obviously story hive is is a great one that they're kind of connecting on and um, yeah it's just great to see these two organizations working together and obviously Fort McMurray is a, a great area that uh, can use some development as well and and, and certainly doesn't get enough attention I definitely think. not yeah so it's awesome that these guys are coming up there yeah so if you're in the Fort Mac area check them out for sure so uh, not too much shooting, not too many job calls right now. Um, so we're going to skip right to the recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, and Briar has chimed in with a wonderful recommendation um, for a show called The Chair. Now, if you're familiar with Project Greenlight, which you must be, um, check out season two of Project Greenlight. It's a documentary put on by uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and a dude named Chris Moore. Um, and it takes uh, a director and a screenwriter through the process of making their first feature film. So, but how is this different than Project Greenlight? Uh, it's different because Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are not involved in this show called The Chair. So Chris oh. Moore, I guess, broke off from Project Greenlight and did this, oh, okay. this show. Okay. So, so they've done one season. Um, it's a little bit tough to find. I think you got to buy the DVD on Amazon. But the, the concept of The Chair is that they take two directors and they give each of them the same script and a budget to turn it into a feature film. So you've got two different visions. One of them makes like a off the wall romantic comedy and the other one makes um, more of a kind of down to earth romantic dramedy. Mm. Um, so it's really interesting to see how two different directors can interpret right. the same script. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, really, really cool show. Definitely worth checking out. And I have the DVD from you sitting yeah. on my... <laughs> and Matt is going to watch it. <laughs> I am going to watch yeah. it. So thanks, Briar, for that recommendation. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what are you going to recommend, Matt? Uh, I always try to take something from from the last week or so that I've learned or, or uh, been exposed to. And, and the BAMP Center was a huge eye-opener for me. It's a, I mean, it, it's a creative um, outlet and just amazing like workshop and I, I couldn't believe how big it was. I knew it was, I knew it was a few buildings and we already talked about this of course, but it's such an incubator for, for artists. Um, and, and what a great space for totally, inspiration. Totally. And, yeah. And art, artists from all over Canada as well. And so I think it's a bit competitive to get into some of their programs, but I highly recommend even just if you're out there, you know, have a walk around, take a look at what's, what's around there. Um, but also take a, take a look at their website and look at what kind of programs they have available. And, um, there's some really amazing opportunities. Like you, if you're a writer, you can, you can get a, a room just to write for like, a week and you know it includes your meals and your accommodation and you can just kind of focus on your craft it's pretty amazing so check out bamfcenter.ca or .com i don't have the uh, but google's a thing so google's a thing <laughs> uh my recommendation this week is actually a human being uh not a not a thing it's, we're talking proper noun stuff here <laughs> um and this person is named nandini westlake and she works at the video production equipment department at Vistech in downtown calgary um, and the reason I'm recommending Nandini, uh, we go to Vistech often, we do some of our corporate uh, equipment rentals from them. Um, but we, I found that Nandini is the only person who downsells me, <laughs> um, which is so amazing. She tells me, you know what, this is kind of overkill for your needs. Maybe consider this microphone instead of this one. Um, and she's super knowledgeable and super friendly and very helpful. Um, and she can take someone who doesn't know what the hell they're doing um, and recommend uh, any sort of equipment for uh, uh, for a solution for a problem that they have. So. Uh, Nadine, you're great. Um, I, I don't think you're a listener, but maybe you will be after this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so head down to Vistech uh, and say hi. Awesome. 
so that's it. Thank you very much for listening. And a big thanks to Briar. She's always so supportive uh, and, and is a big part of the podcast, even though you can't hear her voice all the time. Um, so thanks to her. And uh, if you want to uh, blow us up on the internet at all, you know, hit us up at abfilmcast.ca or hello at abfilmcast.ca or on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. It's all abfilmcast. And remember that this is, uh, we're the ones on the mics here, but this is everyone's podcast. So right. please uh, feel free to reach out with any recommendations that you have and uh, we'll be sure to implement them for sure and without further ado go Go make make something. something